0: This is the CR Checkup Podcast. My name is John. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ that struggles with drugs, alcohol, and pride. And you're listening to a Testimony Talk. On our Testimony Talks, we get a chance to hear from someone who has taken the steps and applied them to their own life. This gives us the opportunity to see how the program works and to gain hope that we might have similar experiences. welcome back to the podcast I'm so excited that you're here listening to our testimony talk I have the great 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 privilege of introducing uh, somebody who's just so pivotal in my own recovery it's taught me so many different things He's got an abundance of wisdom my good friend bill bill would you mind introducing yourself
1: hello everybody my name is bill I'm a uh, believer in Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior and uh I have struggled with alcohol and many other personal issues. And the longer I'm in recovery, the more issues I discover that I struggle with. It's a great adventure, and thank Amen.
0: you, for Glad to have you, brother. So, I've heard your story, and um, maybe uh, quite a few other people that attend our meeting have heard your story, but there's a lot of listeners that haven't heard about uh, the great Bill Bennett and everything that has gone on inside of his life, and so I would just love to to hear um, what kind of got you started in the program, what's been your journey in it?
1: Well, John, it's a long, long story. Of course, I'm an old guy, so uh, I've got a lot (laughs) of history, but... um... I, I just want to say that uh, I'm no one special. I'm just uh, just another guy. I, I had a friend who's always referring to us as, we're just another bozo on the bus. <laughs> and I say that because so many times uh, people that come into the program that I've met before think that they are unique or they're, they're special or nobody's as bad as they are. But I'm here to tell you that we're, we're pretty much really uh, more alike than unalike in many areas of our life.
0: So uh,
1: true. I came from a um, a Christian home, and uh, you know we were one of those uh, uh, families uh, that appeared to be the Ozzy and Harriet. Uh, <laughs> now, many of you in the audience uh, in the meeting <laughs> may not relate to that, but it was a perfect family, a, a TV series years ago, and uh, it appeared that uh, our family was uh, an Ozzy and Harriet family, but really we were not. Uh, We learned to play the role in front of other people. And that's the way I grew up. Um, So concerned about what people would think about me that I became an actor uh, in all areas of my life. And as I uh, grew up uh, and uh, went to school and got married and had children and uh, tried to start a career, uh, I found that I was playing different roles uh, depending on where I was at and who I was with, and not necessarily bad, uh, you know, as, a, as an actor, but um, it wasn't really the truth about who I really was. And uh, I found it through business, uh, back in the old days when you worked for a large company uh, and you had to do with relationships or clients outside the walls of your office, that um you had big expense accounts and it was part of your job to entertain. Mm. And uh, that included alcohol. So I found through what we call business lunch meetings or through a martini that once I drank alcohol, uh, which I did against my conscience, but uh, I felt the pressures of this world and of business and I and I took that those drinks. But I get that little high, that little glow, and you know what? All of a sudden, I felt really good about myself, and I didn't feel like I had to act anymore. I felt acceptable uh, to those that uh, I had relationships with, and uh, that was different for me because I never really thought that I was real or that I was good enough uh, or smart enough or capable enough um, to other people, but when I had alcohol in me and I got that little high, uh, I, all that went away. And yeah. also, I, I need to talk about my relationship with God through this period of time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I always believed in God, and I always believed in prayer. But unfortunately, I never had a personal relationship with Him. Mm. And uh, To me, God was an abstract being out there in the dark outer space. And I know that I prayed many times, and nothing seemed to happen. Right. So I, uh, I knew how I should be uh, as a young Christian man, and I, and I knew what people expected of me at the church, and but I knew underneath, inside my skin, I did not live up to the standards of those perfect people. Mm. And I just said an important key phrase: those perfect. People.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, when I first introduced myself, I said that, that I believe that we are all more alike than I'm alike. Mm-hmm. So through the process of recovery, I found that those perfect people, that was my image of them, was not true. Right. Even the beautiful people in our churches had issues. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it seemed like in church, many times we hide those issues from each other. Well, praise the Lord for Celebrate Recovery, because this is a place that we can come and be fully transparent without being condemned or criticized. Amen. So that's kind of uh, the trail that led me to my demise. And at one point in time, I realized that I was acting in too many different roles, and I got them confused. And as alcohol started taking over in my life, I would show up at places as the wrong character. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd be a pretty good actor, and I just wasn't that good. <laughs> so, and then I started making bad decisions because of uh, alcoholic thinking and hanging out with the wrong people. And I'm not going to give you all the gory details because there's not enough time today. <laughs> and one day to tell you all of that. Yeah. As many of you know that we can make bad decisions. We can turn our lives upside down. And I basically lost everything I had except my sweet wife. Now, that's a God thing. Why she stuck with me through all those years, I had no idea. But I was 47 years old when I came to a point in my life where I feel like I hit my bottom. And when I totally surrendered to God. The day that that happened, I had been thrown out of my office because of uh, being um, under the influence, severely under the influence. And I was told to leave. And That night, um, I ended up on my bathroom floor, immobile. And this was because of alcohol. Right. But I remember at that point in time saying, God, if you are who they say you are, (laughs) fix me now or take me away. Mm. I cannot live uh, this way another day. Mm-hmm. Now, as you can tell, I get a little choked up thinking about yeah. that day, that night, Absolutely. Because it was a pivotal, pivotal point in my life. But I think that was a time when God was saying to me, Billy Boy, I've been waiting for you,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you are recognizing me for who I am, and now I can start working with you. Mm-hmm. That was the beginning of my recovery process. The very next morning, I called Alcoholics Anonymous out of the phone book. And uh, this was days before Celebrate Recovery ever started. Mm-hmm. So it goes back a number of years. <laughs> and, uh, I went to a meeting not only to hopefully save my job, but to help heal a fractured marriage. And uh, when I got there and I arrived appropriately late, <laughs> and, to the door, and so I could escape. But the gentleman who was sharing his story up front was me. Mm. I related to him 100%. And you know, at that point, John, I, I got that relief feeling, that same relief feeling that I remembered many, many years before that I got from alcohol.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: In the drink and getting that, ah, that Mm. relief. Now I got that through a positive experience of somebody trying to help me. Mm. And he was helping me by sharing his story. So that's how I got started. And then it's just really been a, a, a great process since then, working the steps and I had a lot of help, a lot of people who loved me through this. They all didn't necessarily like me. <laughs> I was not a real likable fellow at that time. Sure. But they cared for me because we are more alike than unlike. They could relate to me and I could relate to them. But I remember I was walking into a meeting or a gathering of people in recovery and they're laughing and slapping each other on the back and they're having a good time. And I remember thinking, that's what I want. Mm. That's what I want to be, and uh, fortunately today, uh, that's who I am. Yeah, I uh, have a lot of problems in life, you know, as we all do. But that's part of life. But God, the the God that I came to know through the recovery process, is the God that loves me just the way I am, mm-hmm. and wants to work with me, to help perfect me. As his son is, and who we will become eventually when we see him face to face. I can go on for hours on that topic, John. <laughs> but uh, hold me back. Tell me when my time's up. <laughs> yes,
0: oh, I could sit and, about that. Yeah, no, I could sit and talk. Uh, just listen to you for hours, too, man. I'm just, you know, there's so many different aspects of it. One of the things I kind of wanted to draw out a little bit was you had mentioned how early on, you kind of, you had that drink and it seemed like it calmed all those nerves. It seemed like it did all of the things uh, for you that you needed in order to be your real self. But although it seemed like that, I'm sure as you progressed in your disease, even though it felt like that, it wasn't actually doing that, right? It was, was, was it actually providing that for you or was it a mask?
1: Actually, John, it was a mass, but it did feel right at the time. Yeah. And since that time, what I've discovered is that spirit of alcohol or what alcohol does for me when I drink it is a counterfeit yeah. spirit. Now. Working through the scriptures, I find that my Holy Spirit, God's Spirit living in me, is my comforter. Yes. That is the genuine relief. That is yeah. the genuine comfort. And the alcohol was a counterfeit.
0: Yeah.
1: It seemed to work well for a period of time. But once it had a good grip on me, it tried to destroy me. Mm. We hear a lot about that in the scriptures too. The mission of the dark side, and that yeah. is to destroy us. So, once we—I got rid of that alcohol spirit. Mm-hmm. His help, not mine, but through his help, then I could be filled with the real McCoy. The yeah, <laughs> and that is a total genuine eternal comfort yeah. that we can experience.
0: Now, I feel like we can kind of jump into this a little bit too because this is what they talk about in the big book right the spiritual malady and the fact that we all have this spiritual malady and that there is this god-shaped hole inside of us and that that was obviously lacking early in Bill's life right early in John's life i had this spiritual malady and this, um, to, to, to use your words, this counterfeit came along and said, I'll do for you what you cannot do for yourself. And uh, I didn't know that that was going to, that, that counterfeit was going to stab me in the back. He promised me all these things, but couldn't deliver. And in fact, did the opposite thing for me. And what I've learned in the program, what's so evident in your life as well, is that This the Spirit of God, the true and only Person that can do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Does not only do for us what we need, but goes a step further, right? And and puts us in positions like this where we can be not just sober-minded people, but people who can spur one another on and grow. This this could never happen, you know, if if we had not surrendered. You know, uh, I, I love what you said. This idea that uh you know we're we're really not that different. I, I love starting Celebrate Recovery oftentimes to remind people the only reason why John is standing up here is because I'm the most screwed up guy in the room. <laughs> and that's You're the only way it's... John, right? <laughs> exactly. And so I just I think that's so good. And and just to remind uh, folks who are just kind of getting into it, it's like it, we really—it seems, you know—we've been duped by this this counterfeit spirit um, that we can never feel that peace, right? That's the, and it's attached to all of the things in our lives that we thought was never going to work out. But there is—it's—it's it's different, right? We do. There is a chance, right? I mean, you're living a you're a living testimony to that.
1: Absolutely. There, there but, you know, you find that in all areas of life, uh, a counterfeit happiness comes through uh, purchasing that new car. And I did that many times, purchasing a new fancy car that I could not afford mm-hmm. you
0: know?
1: or uh, moving to another house or changing jobs. Yeah. And uh, because they all promised me more yeah. and uh, something different that would be exciting. And uh, like the car, that's a real good example, because I did that many times boy! Yeah. Uh, oh, well, I was just so proud of that car, and I go show it off <laughs> to my friends and everything, and it still smelled. It smelled so <laughs> nice. You know, smell. And I just loved that car until about the third payment. <laughs> and it was like an albatross around my neck. Yeah. And, uh, but getting the, getting the real McCoy, getting the Holy Spirit as opposed to a counterfeit spirit, mm-hmm. You never get tired of it. It becomes no. more exciting every day, and it's refreshed every morning. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of young people that might be hearing me saying, oh, yeah, well, he's, you know, he's just an old duffer, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm just pleading with you to give it a try.
0: Mm.
1: You know, give it a chance to work in your life yeah. because you need help. You have to admit that or you wouldn't be sitting in the chair that you're sitting in at a meeting.
0: Exactly. You
1: know, and allow God to work in your life. You've got nothing to lose. If it doesn't work, yeah. go back out. You know? yeah. If it doesn't work for you, go back out. Right. And uh, we'll see you when you get ready. Hopefully you make it.
0: Yeah. That's what I heard in a meeting uh, one time, you know, just give it a shot, give it 30 days, give it 60 days. And uh, if you don't like it at the end of that time period, we'll, Gladly refund you your misery. You know, like there's <laughs> you know, nothing nothing to lose you there.
1: Keep showing up at a celebrate recovery money a meeting, you get a hot dog now and then and some <laughs> yeah. fun fellowship. You know, there's nothing wrong with that.
0: <laughs> Amen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, and I, I really look forward to having some more conversations about these things because I know, like like you said, uh, we could talk for hours. But um, I, I'm at our meeting on Monday right now we're right smack dab in the middle of having some conversations about step 4 and yes. um you know all the there's all kinds of taboos around step 4 and there's all different kinds of emotions that come into it um but I would just love to hear kind of what was your experience as you went through step 4 and kind of what's some wisdom for for those who might be getting to, to ready to take that step.
1: Wow. Well. That's a, that's a big step. And uh, so many times I, uh, when I start working on a new step, I think, oh, this is the most important step. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all important. They really are. But when we, uh, w- we uh, do our first, second, third step to the best of our ability with a sincere heart, you're ready to do yeah. your fourth step. There's no reason to procrastinate. Uh, God is patient, but uh, let's don't test him. Uh, <laughs> you know, jump in with both feet. Now, when I did step four for the first time, uh, I was very um, apprehensive or uh, afraid, maybe. Fear is a a good topic for me because through this step, I found that I was a fear motivated person. Mm -hmm. And that was, I was 47 years old, and that was the first revelation in my life that I was a fearful man. Wow. And, uh, And as ridiculous as it is, I was afraid, John, that you might think I was afraid. You know, well, so <laughs> right. different, and that got me <laughs> into some trouble. Mm. So, anyway, I had a hard time getting started on step four, but I did have some older fellas who really, and I say older, many of them chronologically were younger than I was, mm. but they were older in their recovery. that mm. aided me and helped me get started. And what they did for me, and one of them in particular said, Bill start with your resentments. Do you resent anyone in your uh, relationships or anyone in your past or whatever? And I said, yeah, of course. <laughs> well, uh, they had me write down uh, what was the relationship or uh, what was the situation of what happened, okay, and uh, how that made me feel. And then they asked me, what part did you play in this conflict? Or this resentment. And that's when I had to get honest with myself. Mm-hmm. And by going through this process, I found out that I had been a major part in every resentment I had mm-hmm. with the people that I knew, or the people that I had experience with, that I played a role. You've heard this, the term, there's always two sides to every story. There's yeah. a pro and there's a con. Well, I created a lot of these resentment problems myself, Mm. okay? And uh, on and on and on. And then I, through that process, working with all of my resentments, I could see I started this problem which created a resentment because of my fear. And I created this situation and this resentment because of my insecurity. And I created this situation because another character defect or shortcoming that I had. Mm -hmm. Once we we did that, you know, you, you push all the paper away and just look at those items. These are my shortcomings. These are my character defects. Now, shortcomings and character defects in program is a secular terminology thing. Sure. We look into the scripture and what we're talking about is sin. Yeah. Okay. Now, people out in the world don't want to hear that word. <laughs> sin, it means it's dark and black and it's vulgar. No. Sin is just just a is representative of anything. It's contrary to God's desires and God's rules. Yeah. Or God's purpose. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we want to get rid of that fearful words, sin, mm-hmm. and talk about errors in my life, things that I do wrong. And maybe I didn't create these in myself. Maybe i it's because I'm a product of my environment, of who I was raised by, and how my family did it. Well, I had a loving family, and I love them dearly. They're long gone now, my parents, but I love them, and they loved me. But they didn't do everything right and sure. created created some habits in my life that are contrary to God's desires. And it had to do with resentments. I'd like to, sorry, to butt in.
0: I want to ask a little bit about that because I think that comes up very often. How did you kind of cope with and come to terms with, um, my parents did things or some things happened in my life that did assist in helping me develop these bad patterns Um, And so I have to come to terms with that and accept that. But also I had a part in that too, because I think a lot of times people say, well, I can't blame, I can't blame anybody for the actions that I've made because I, you know, I had my own decisions. And so it's all my fault. Or on the other side, people say, well, it's all of their fault because of everything they did. How, and and I, I love what you're just saying, how did you come to terms with that? Yes, they played a part in it, and yes, I played a part in it. How, what was that like?
1: That came through being becoming honest with myself. Bingo. Um, not to blame. Okay? My parents raised me the way they were raised. They had good intentions, and they did the best that they could. Now, I took some of those... Uh, things that they didn't do perfectly for me, uh, and use that as a blame tool. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was really doing was excusing my bad behavior because and, and putting that on my parents. It was right. their fault. Okay. But I was still, and, and consider myself very lucky being raised in the family that I was because of the love that was there. And they did love me, and they did the best that they could. Others that I know and have worked with uh, had worse experiences than I did, where parents were uh, mean and brutal, abusive, and so forth. praise God, I didn't have to experience that. But in those cases, we need to go to the Scripture. Mm. And that's something that the secular recovery programs cannot take you to. We can go to the scripture, and my favorite uh, scripture in regards to this is in the uh, letter of the Ephesian letter, sixth chapter, where it tells us we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, mm. but from wicked powers in the heavenly places. Mm. But we must realize, number one, that there is a spiritual warfare going on at all times, and guess what? We're the prize, we're the bait.
0: Right, yeah.
1: Okay, so. Some, let's say, for an example, this didn't happen to me, but let's say there was a father. Uh, my father beat me, as an example.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, was that really my father, or was it a spirit, a spiritual thing where he's being led by the dark side? Sure. Okay. And uh, he is a human being that, that uh, God loved just as much as he loved me. He loved all of us, even when we were uh, dead in our sins. Mm-hmm. And he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to take care of that problem. Yeah. The same for the father that beat me as he did for me. Yeah. And looking at it from that point of view, now I can have pity on that father that beat me and pray for him.
0: That's Not so good. I resent him. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that that's so good because to even just kind of, Kind of uh, do an overview of that again. Is it's looking at each situation, and one things that we we talk about right is not characterizing myself or any other people by their actions. Right, we are not the things that we do. You know, we are who we are, made in God's image, but we also have this thing called sinful nature. Right, and to recognize that in everything, and understand that we can see how that has affected our lives and how it's affected people. But we don't we don't tag that, weigh that down on people, and say, you know, this is everything that they are. But to be able to see it for what it is, and I love that because it's one of the big parts in, in the program too. Is that we talk about with these things is is praying for people like that. Uh, we have resentments against. Pray for the people that um, we're angry at. Pray for those people. Exactly. And it, that's the process of it, right? That's the process of understanding. Um, yeah, I don't agree with the things that they're doing, but I know that there's something spiritual there, and I'm not going to place those things on them. I'm going to take it to God and, and ask that He He Amen. would do what only He can do. Amen. So good.
1: <laughs> there's one other thing, John, that I must bring up at this point in time because I do not want to give the the wrong impression that you have to stay and take that abuse. And yes. I find that particularly true in. Uh, marriages. Mm-hmm. And, uh, God does not want you to stay uh, in a place where you're being uh mistreated and uh, beaten on uh physically or emotionally or whatever. you have the right to remove yourself from that situation and get help yeah okay and uh and we can do that and still pray for that person
0: absolutely and,
1: uh, but you don't uh, have to condone those you.
0: things right exactly. And I think you bring up another good point too, is that although we should be very cautious about doing this, there is oftentimes things in our step four that we can say, Hey, I didn't have a part in this. You know, I was sexually abused. That was not my fault. And I have to be able to come to terms with that and put that down on paper and be honest about it just like anything else. Um. And and so yeah there are those things that we can say we didn't have a part in but we need to be cautious about that right we can't just oh yeah i didn't have a part in this didn't have a part in this and and write that's it all off yeah
1: that's all part of being honest with yourself john yeah you know to be, become honest with yourself and that's part of going to any links mm. our sobriety okay and uh but that's what uh, our program offers is that you can share your four-step without being criticized, okay? Yeah. And uh, be honest with somebody, and and they're not going to reject you. Mm. Honesty. That's the bottom line. Honesty and relationship. Relationship with God. We get that straight, our relationship with God, and then it seems like our other relationships come together as they should. Yeah. Those that we should have relationship and also affect relationships that we should not have. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I had to change a lot of friends' circles when I. Yeah. got sober. Okay. Number one, I became very boring to them.
0: <laughs> right.
1: And number two, they weren't funny anymore.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's so true. I well, love I think that. So step
1: four, John, and I will tell you uh, that, uh, and and I've worked it a number of times since then, for refresh refreshing, is that that's when I first met bill for the first time amen the real, the real bill for the first time at 47 years old wow what, what a surprise and what an exciting adventure yeah. it's like you get to grow up all over again but not okay. make as many mistakes
0: yeah yeah it's a fresh start absolutely I love that so much. There's so much good uh, wisdom in there. And I'm excited for for folks to kind of chew on that a little bit. Um, we're we're going to wrap this up. Um, but I, just, I would just love if you would just share uh, to two different people groups right now. I'd love to, if you would just share some wisdom for people who are maybe on the outside looking in and they're wondering, is Celebrate Recovery really for me? Uh, maybe they don't have a drug and alcohol issue. Um, and they're wondering... Can, it, can Celebrate Recovery do anything for me? And then I would love if you would just share for those who are new in the program, they're ready, but, you know, they, they need some, just like you and I early in the program, we need some encouragement. What would you tell those people?
1: Absolutely. Uh, for those that uh, aren't sure yet, that uh, Celebrate Recovery is them is not for them because they don't have a drinking problem. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord that you don't have a drinking problem. That's <laughs> Amen. Beautiful. But once you come to know what the program is about and met, meet uh, your peers in that program and share with them, you will find that Celebrate Recovery takes care of and helps people with things other than mind-altering drugs or alcohol. Mm-hmm. It helps you in your general relationship. And uh, there's a lot to be worked on in that area, so you you there's help for you uh regardless of your situation in life uh, I found John that many of my decisions and many of my relational problems uh, had absolutely nothing to do with alcohol
0: hundred percent
1: and uh and there's a there's a secular program called uh, Codependence Anonymous. Mm-hmm. I became an alcoholic because I was such a codependent person. Right. What does codependent mean? <laughs> Destructive learned behavior mm-hmm. you know, prohibits you from having long-lasting and loving relationships. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people go from there to the bottle or from yeah. there to the drug pills. And uh, so there's something. To be uh, offered to everyone, regardless of whether it's alcohol pills or, um, or lo- people who love too much. Yeah, now, that sounds crazy, but that, that's a real issue. Sure. And uh, hey, well, I
0: think it's kind, it's kind of like you, you said. Back.
1: I want you to just keep coming back, everybody, because you're going to meet a lot of nice people. If that's all you get out of this whole deal, it's a it's a bonus,
0: you know. Amen. Yeah, that, and I think that adds to what I was just going to say. And what you had said before is the program is really about honesty and relationships. And uh, I think the majority of our population has an issue with (laughs) being honest and has struggles with relationships. I think that we can all, if we're being, we can really take a look at ourselves. That's always been a struggle for every single person. It was 2000 years ago. It still is today. And we could all use some help there. And I believe that Celebrate Recovery, even Alcoholics Anonymous um, or Coda Anonymous, uh, all of those are going to do great wonders to to help us look honestly at ourselves and take some steps towards having a healthy relationship with God, having a healthy relationship with myself, and having a healthy relationship with other people.
1: Yes. I just, I have to say one more thing, John. Please. Here's the bottom line. It all has to do with your relationship with God and your spiritual fitness Mm. and this uh, that's something I didn't have before I entered recovery program I knew about God but I did not know God but with a sober mind and the realization that God is doing something for me that I was really incapable of doing for myself that created a love relationship that I never thought possible And for you young ladies out there, you just have no idea what a real loving relationship is until you have that relationship with God. Mm -hmm. It exceeds any relationship, any love relationship you could have with that good looking boy. I guarantee you that. (laughs) Amen. If we can get that relationship with God going, then our other relationships will follow. And yeah. that's just really an exciting thing to look forward to in your progress in this program. And because yeah. uh, we keep referring to it as a program, but actually, what it is, is a, a pathway to follow God's light and His love and His care and His passion. I can go on and on and on. <laughs> 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 so,
0: so good. Well, I, I can already tell we're going to have to have another conversation on here, but Bill. Thank you so much. You are a wealth of knowledge in, in, in your normalcy and your averageness. You're still uh, one of my favorite people. So I love you, and I'm so grateful for you, our conversation. You
1: Thank you so much for allowing me to share. God bless you all.
0: Thank you for listening to a testimony talk. I hope that you take what we talk about here and have conversations with others. The things that we talk about on here are meant to start conversations, not end them. So I pray that you would talk with someone about what you heard here today and that you would look for ways to be a light in your own community. If you are struggling to find community and people to talk with, then please send an email to recovery at palmvalley.org and I will personally get you connected with a volunteer from Celebrate Recovery. Nothing changes the fact that we need each other, even if that means that we have to find new and creative ways to do so. You can also send me encouraging messages, comments, or concerns to that same email, recovery at palmvalley.org. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then please share it with someone else. I love you all, and I hope to see you soon.